Shit. All right. Okay. Okay. I do. It's huge. My stepson's got a smaller one. Let's see. Let's see. Raw joints. Yeah. yeah. I just don't smoke right now. I just, I don't know. It just gets me weird. He just, oh, he's got on the podcast. All right. Okay, all right. We're on. starting. On the plus side, you're weird. Anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, we already begun? We're, I just started. Okay. Well, all right. Let's go. To the fat cast. Welcome to the fat cast. We're here to listen to me rant on for hopefully an hour. Yeah. And yeah. we're going to learn something oh, and have a good time. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics in all of uh, world history. That is the Russo-Japanese War of 1904 and 1905. It was a crushing defeat for the Russians, and it really pissed them off that a lot of people went to side with the Turks, who were not, or Turks right there, they, they were not Christian, and they also owed a lot of money to a shitload of countries, so it was very surprising that people like the English and the French all jumped to help them out. So, in that case, Russia decided to look to the east. And in 1860, they founded what was known as Vladivostok, which is still their furthest eastern city in the world. And if you had any uh, ideas of what they wanted to do when they got to the east, Vladivostok literally translates to Lord of the East. So, obviously, they were there to colonize shit out of it. Nice. Um, due to them getting their shit kicked out of them and the... Uh, Crimean War, they decided to have a bit of changes in their uh, in their home policy because their leaders were already not very popular. Nice. Nobody liked them. If you didn't live in the city, you, you fucking hated living in Russia. It was awful. You didn't know how to read, you didn't know how to write, and you were a serf, which is basically slavery with a couple extra steps. Okay. And so, in 1861, the Tsar Alexander II decided that it was time to emancipate the sla- uh, serfs, basically slaves, um, with a new system that was basically just served him with extra steps, and okay. it just didn't go over too well. But it did prevent him from getting his family and all the other aristocrats murdered for another 57 years until the, the 1917 revolutions in which the Bolsheviks murdered uh, Tsar Nicholas II as well as the rest of his family. Anastasia. Yes, exactly. Anastasia. And during uh, during uh, this time, going up to where we're at now, it's going to be 1895 was the founding of what is Port Arthur, which is right here, right on this little this little dong right there, right on the end. There. Okay. <laughs> they were, uh, they leased that from the Chinese, and we'll get to why that happened in just a moment. So instead, now let's turn our eye to Japan, going also back to the 1850s, also in 1853. Your favorite commandant and mine, Commodore Matthew Perry, sailed across the sea <laughs> to, to Japan. Japan had been closed for around 200 years by this point due to the Tokugawa Shogunite not wanting any outside influence anymore. They just didn't like that shit. Oh no! Except there was one little caveat that the Portuguese were allowed to come and do their trade and, you know, kind of, kind of, sort of spread Christianity. But not really, because the Japanese really didn't like Christianity, but they did their best to kind of, you know, 
let Portuguese do the thing because they brought guns and a bunch of other shit that they really liked. And the only place that they were allowed to go in order to sell those things was this man-made port city right here by the little name of Nagasaki. Maybe you've heard of it. Found Nagasaki, okay. Yes. Full circle. Heard. Now, uh, when Commodore Matthew Perry came to Japan in 1853, he, he immediately went to the government and said, Hey, open up the doors. We're here to trade, baby. And they said, uh, no. And so <laughs> Commodore Matthew Perry said, I'll give you a year to think about it, and we'll be back. He then proceeded to come back in six months with even more ships than he had the first time around, and then proceeded to bomb the shit out of every mm -hmm. harbor that he went across, and for days and days and days, until eventually the Japanese were like, okay, yeah, I guess we'll have been trained. And that is literally how 200 years of isolation in Japan ended, it was because America had a big old PPA. Mm -hmm. Though granted, they weren't able to capitalize upon this, because about eight years later, there was this little thing in America, you might have heard of it, called the Civil War. So we were a bit busy dealing with our own shit to be able to further our influence in uh, Japan as well as in Asia, with us just getting the Philippines not that long ago, yada, yada, yada. Alright, and then, the, and right after that, we went through an era called the Meiji Restoration. The Meiji Restoration went, uh, took place from... 1868 to 1889, which is where, if you ever heard about Japan, like, modernizing super-duper fast, this was it. And the Meiji Restoration um, basically got it to the point where, by the time it was over, they had a regular standing army that could compete with anyone else in the world. But, as well as a navy that was, like, even the British were very, like, they thought it was cool. Like, they were like, damn, you guys are doing a really good fucking job over here. Okay. Which, uh... Well, by, by, by 1889, they started getting a real big penis, and then they wound up going to war with uh, with uh, with China in 1894 and 95. Mostly because they wanted influence in Korea, which makes sense because Korea is right here, Japan is right here. So it's a real quick way for people to be able to jump off and try to attack their homeland, which happened in the 1100s and 1200s when Kublai Khan tried and failed to invade Japan twice. Yeah. So now that they have a chance to, you know throw the power out there, that's what they want to do. Genghis Khan's son. Grandson. Close. Genghis Khan's grandson. Right? Uh, yes, any questions at all? Happy to answer. Yes. What year was uh, the Tom Cruise Samurai movie? What year was that? Uh, that was during the Boshin War, which was right before the Meiji Restoration. It was, oh, when, right. it was when they were um, in the process of solidifying all power under the one government right. and trying to eliminate like clan loyalties and stuff like that. And have, yes, and have everyone be loyal to the emperor, or in this case, the state. You know what I mean? Okay. And now, uh, when they fought in the Sino-Japanese War over the influence of... Uh, because of the influence of Korea, they wound up winning. And they wound up winning really, really well. And everyone, like, in, over in the West was mind-fucked. Because for thousands of years, everyone had always considered China to be the center of Asia. It is, you know, that's where the culture comes from. That's where, History, you know, right. yeah, yeah, all the nice fucking shit that they used to make and stuff. All that comes from China. And here comes this little upstart and just completely wipes the floor with them. And not only do they um, win the war, they cede all of, Korea, all of Korea, Taiwan, as well as getting a decent amount of uh, political power all up here, which is known as Manchuria. And Manchuria becomes very important to uh, Japan later on. Question? If they won the war so easily, but they didn't expect them to necessarily do that, mm -hmm. how did they pull that off? 
by having a by having a modern army that fought just like a European army would and just very disciplined. Okay. Like a, a lot of Chinese troops, plenty of them still use swords. That's like and where they were using uh, bolt action rifles with like brand new technology. Like they were okay. there mopping the fucking floor. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes you sense. get your ass kicked. Yes, absolutely. So now, um, right after the end of the Sino-Japanese War. The, the Europeans kind of get involved here because the Japanese, while rising as a power, they want to appeal to the European power and say, look, we're the same as you. We're just like you guys. We want to play by the same rules you guys do. But every time Japan makes some kind of conquest, the Europeans are like, no, no, no. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do that. Yellow man. That's basically the language <laughs> I would be used at the time. You'll be hearing me refer to people as white man and yellow man in this and it's not because of any of my prejudices at all. It is how people just thought. It's Facts. just a fact. And so a lot of Manchurian lands were kind of sort of ceded back to China. They still had a bit of um, political sway there, but not really. And the Russians wound up uh, getting them to cede a little land down here, and they founded a uh, port called Port Arthur, which is the main purpose of why we are here today. Okay. <clears throat> and now... 1900, which is shortly after them getting that in uh, 1895, there's what's known as the Boxer Rebellion. It's from 1900 to 1903. There was a large uprising all throughout the course of Manchuria and some places around here. Simply because a lot of people here seen a lot of Russians come through, seen a lot of Japanese come through. They they feel like they're okay. Yeah, then you can just merge the two. We're just yeah, rolling yeah. back from where we were. We're just rolling back from where we were. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so in the Boxer Rebellion, lots of people are pissed off, and so. What happens is there is this formation of what's known as the Eight Nation Army. I love my teacher getting a natty daddy. God, I wish this was high school. Absolutely. I wish this was high school. It's the only way to teach or grill. Yes. And so, <laughs> and so with the Boxer Rebellion, um, they, they led to what was the creation of the Eight Nation Army, which is most of the Western powers as well as Japan and obviously our friend here, Russia. And they came in, kicked the shit out of them. It's a long story. Wound up, you know... They tried to make a lot of changes in China, really didn't though. And so the Russian troops that came into Manchuria decided, we kind of like it here, and we're going to stay. And Japan was very unhappy about that. Very, very unhappy. So, which leads us to... So Japan comes in, takes out the army. They say they're not allowed to stay there, so they leave, and then Russia comes in. Exactly. Right after a rebellion. Exactly. And and does essentially the same thing, and there's nothing that they can do about it. So the white man. Exactly. They're starting to see the discrimination (laughs) that's happening here. So increases of tensions between uh, the Russians and the Japanese over uh, how things should be handled here in Manchuria and here in Korea. There's a lot of different treaties that are put forth by multiple people, not just the Japanese and the Russians, but plenty of countries try to put forth their own version of it. All of them are rejected. No one's having a good time. Uh, Because with these are empires and their frontiers are touching, that is also something that is just waiting for an issue to happen. We've seen it historically 100,000 times. Uh, Germany, the only time I'll be mentioning Germany in the entirety of this, has pledged its support for Russia to take out the Japanese. Because one, it's going to make France really fucking angry, and they don't like each other, and they would like to do anything to drive a wedge between France and Russian uh, alliance, which they do have at this current point in time. Um, they also like to talk about the Yellow Peril in, in uh, 
in uh, Germany, where they are talking about the rise of the Yellow Man. It's really bad. They really don't like Jesus, and they're getting stronger, and they might come for us at any time. And that is a uh, popular outview from many places in the West, not just Germany. Germany was one who was just very vocal about it. So, on February the 8th, 1904, now we are getting to where the fun begins. On the, on the evening of February 8th, there was a night attack at Port Arthur from the Japanese uh, fleet headed by Admiral Togo, not to be uh, misconstrued with Admiral Tojo, who was in charge during World War II. <clears throat> and during that, I, as an American, learning that the Japanese attacked ships at port, needless to say, I was shocked. Never heard of anything like this before. Couldn't have happened. But it did. And so they uh, they tried to, you know, like do it like Pearl Harbor. They're doing what, what Matthew Perry did to them. Oh, wait, that was China, wasn't it? No, that was Japan. Okay. Yeah, okay. they bombed shit out of Japan. <laughs> but they used torpedoes uh, against the Russians. In this so what, they just instance. come into the, uh, the docks and just, they came, just unload they came, while yeah. they're sleeping? They came right. Well, actually, the flagship was having a party on it. Oh, and a lot man. of the people that were, that were supposed to be on the ships were all in port getting drunk and having a grand old time. Everybody's so, up. complete surprise attack, just like Pearl Harbor. And so, yeah, they came up through there yeah, and they attacked. Well, we don't hear about this one. Well, yeah, because this, you know, this is a much more esoteric war. But, uh, yeah, so they go up through there, they wind up fucking sending some torpedoes out. It actually wasn't that effective. A battleship was knocked out of commission, but was put back into commission a few okay. months later. So, they didn't really. Fuck, fuck shit up. No, but like it was a huge morale disaster for the Russians. Like the Russians just weren't ready for it. They're losing shit. Like this is oh. Like, so this is if the Russians are in that port right there, did they own a little bit of China before they, they came yes, to top they, there? They owned this little donger right here. Known so as they the just Liao. had that. Yes. They would come through North Korea to get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just Korea yeah, at that time. Yeah. But yes, but no, no, no. They went down and around through here. Oh, so right, they, yeah, right up through the strait there. Yeah, so they would come out through the water and they would come up and they just have that little area. Well, I mean, all of Korea was under Japan's control by this point. So they, they, were, they were pretty much surrounded by uh, the That's other. so weird to have that little area. Well, it's because they needed a warm water port. Yeah. Warm water ports are very important for Russia. Vladivostok does freeze sometimes. All of the Baltic areas that they have over here freeze. The only one that they do have that is a warm water port is right on down here and in the Black Sea, which is the reason Turkey. why we're having some issues here today. And yes, it is also can, the Dardanelles are also controlled by Turkey. So, so it, you it, said that they come through Turkey and then they have it, to go through the exactly. port of Spain and all that. Exactly. There. You got it. You got it. Boss, what? What kind of things are being traded in these ports? Are we talking like sugars and spices or like guns? Are we talking about Port Arthur? Port Arthur is primarily going to be a military port because it is a warm water port, which means the waters do not freeze there. So at any time of the year, if they need to use ships for any military reason, they are able to send them out. Places like Vladivostok over here in the Baltic and stuff, yeah. there's certain months of the year that they literally just can't do anything. Okay. Because the water is just frozen. fucking frozen. It's, it's, it's a real bitch of a problem for Russia. So they're trying to solve this problem yeah. as quickly as possible. Especially because they're really starting to lose face with the European powers. So yeah. they're trying to do something against So the, off topic, uh, where do the Russians drop their boats right now? Their fleet? Right there. But they... Don't they drop some up north too? I mean, they have some in the Baltic Fleet. Yeah, yeah but I mean, like no, no, the Black Sea is really important to them because that, that's where their warm water ports are. But yes, they do have a Baltic Fleet in order to protect things like uh, St. Petersburg. Okay. 
Yeah, solid, solid. Cool. Keep it up. All right. Um, uh, the battle lasted throughout the night. There was lots of, you know, back and forth shooting from the middle. But the Japanese had to leave by the time the sun came up because of the coastal batteries, which were, like, just big, like, concrete positions with big old guns that you just fucking shoot at the boats that, to keep them away. That wound up pushing them away from them. Uh, then they wound up blockading um, our little boy right here. Port Arthur from February to April. Not very successfully, but it you know, it was a big it was a big hit to morale, yet again. We we're gonna see we're gonna hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh the Battle of Chentu Bay was right around right there. They had a battle right up there. Um it wasn't that important. It was it's more than anything else. It's that two ships that were like kind of big right near Port Arthur. They got beat to the point where they had to scuttle, sink their own ships. And the Japanese didn't lose a single fucking thing. So, yeah. you know, Japanese victory. Uh, they tried to retake the port multiple, multiple times. Didn't work out that very well. Uh, our hero of the story from Russia will basically be Garrison Commander Anatoly Stesel. He's the guy who's just doing his fucking best to hold this down. But he's also kind of a prick, so don't really feel too bad for the guy. <laughs> Uh, Russia is dying for reinforcements at this current point in time, and they just, they, they get all their reinforcements from, it's at 90% of people that live in the industry. All the way over there. Yeah. So, yes. So they're working on what is known as the Trans-Siberian Railroad, which is not complete at this point, but it's mostly complete for the sake of what needs to be done. And so they have to send troops, typically from Moscow, all the way here. So that takes a really long motherfucking time, <laughs> needless to say. So they're trying so to hold off as best they could. How much could. did they have done at the time? Oh, uh, they had to right about... Ooh, so you're like, still rolling. Like, right about there. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Can you just... Trying to say the name of that So you're like, driving right the rest of the way, or with the fleet, or whatever? Yes. God damn. reinforcements. All right, April 30th of 1904, we have the Battle of the Yalu River, which is right... Here, it's a little river that essentially is the border between China and North Korea, right there, right there. And the only reason why this battle is kind of important is because it's the first time that uh, the Japanese win, like decisively crush their opponents. And this is the first time an Asian power has ever crushed a European power, and it is decisive. Damn. So, the entire world is now turning its eye to Japan, and is now wondering, what the fuck can they do now? What is next? What what is the possibilities that can happen from this? What are the ramifications that can come from this? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Also, a lot of this I uh, wrote down a little side note here, which is really funny. Just before this time, there's a lot of political cartoons that would come out in the West. Oh, I like political cartoons; they're very funny. Yes. And the Russo-Japanese War had some of the best fucking political cartoons I've ever seen because it consistently, consistently, consistently shows some kind of picture of Tsar Nicholas II kicking either Meiji or Tojo or Togo out of the area, and it looked like it's going to be an easy peasy wrap up for for Russia. And that is not the fucking case. <laughs> that is absolutely not what happens at all. Uh, the Japanese begin to advance after this, which now means that they can move forward on land to the, to the Liaodong Peninsula right up here on the Port Arthur. So that means not only are the Russians being able to be attacked by sea because they're fucking, their fleet's basically just dead in the water and just kind of hanging around just trying not to get blown up since they don't have enough big shit left to even try to make an offensive move. And now they're able to be attacked by land as well. Needless to say, they are now what you would call cut off. And it is not looking good. Wouldn't want to be there. Um, as soon as these advancements start happening, uh, one thing that happens on the world stage that changes as well is that international banks now start to look at Japan and 
might start to realize maybe we can invest some money here and get a return on it. So international banks start opening up their vaults to the Japanese, and now the Japanese have a whole bunch more money coming in. Does that start shit with anybody in Europe? Nope. Nobody gets that? Nope. Nope. Banks are always, yeah, banks get away whatever Funny they want, dog. Mm -hmm. Even Germany, who was warning us about? Nope. I never found any uh, records of there being money super outspoken world. people against the banks uh, opening up their coffers. Money, baby. Prospering. Exactly. Exactly, baby. And now, moving a little bit forward from May to August, the Battle of the Yellow Sea, which is right here, this whole area that's, like, just in this area. The Yellow Sea was, yet again, another indecisive uh, battle. When so it where's the Yellow Sea at right now? Right here. This whole area right okay. there. Okay, so also, what is that little pond through the dick? Is that still the Yellow Sea? Right oh, that's the Yellow Sea. This is Bull High, but it is also technically So you have to get through the two the ports to get into Bull Yeah, High. you gotta get off. You gotta go off this area. Yeah. You gotta go up in there. And it is an indecisive battle, but at the same time, it is a Japanese propaganda victory because it is the Russians who retreat from the fight, even though no ships are sunk. But it is also now the furthest engagement of two fleets going against each other until the, uh, up until this time. Which is one thing, when I read that earlier, it made me think. That historians in general are not a bunch of crazy, weirdo, right-wing, hateful people. They're just autistic. And they just they, <laughs> they see that a battle took place eight meters further than the last one, and they're like, gotta fucking write that down. That shit's going in the book. But yes, that, that, that's how that goes. Uh, now, because they got the shit kicked out of them, the Baltic fleet up here is now coming to reinforce their fleet over here. That's a long drive. Now, this is my favorite part of the entire war because it's fucking hilarious. So, the Baltic fleet on October the 15th of 1904 begins coming through here. As soon as it leaves the North, uh, and comes into the Baltic Sea and into the North Sea right here, the fun begins. They start, I've read two different accounts. One of them was probably more logical. The other one's way more fucking funny. That as soon as they got out there, they saw some boats, and they either A, thought that they were English torpedo boats, and then shot at them, or B, the funnier one, one of them thought they were Japanese vessels there and shot at them. Why the fuck would they come over there? Exactly. But in actuality, they turned out to be fishing boats from the English, which needless to say, Pissed the English off, who also had an alliance with so Japan they at the time. These boats? They, just, they shot. They killed like thirty people. Ah, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No they fishing boats and, and it's and, the fucking ah, Japanese yep, Navy. And then just fucking and just at them. <laughs> Needless to say, the uh, the UK was not very happy about this. So now, as they begun their trip from here down to here, where you know the Mediterranean Sea and the Suez Canal, I have. This is now where I've read. Two separate accounts, again, on something, and you can choose which one you like, I suppose. I know which one I like. <coughs> uh, they wound up splitting their force in half, where the smaller boats go through the Suez Canal, and the larger boats oh, have to literally go all oh, oh, the way around God. the Cape of Africa Damn. to come back up around into here. Isn't that one of the most dangerous capes in the world? It's uh, it's just the longest trek ever, and yeah. it's it's really, it's really, I mean, they're not, as far as something being dangerous, I don't really feel like, um, like pirates are going to attack them for until long. Like, well, no, they had to stop and refuel multiple times. We haven't got to the fun part yet. As they begun going here, um, the, of the two accounts that I read, I heard that the Suez Canal was too shallow to take their larger boats. So that's the canal right there. That's Spain. The canal, oh, that's, no, the canal okay. is right here, and and it's so just. So did they have problem coming through the Spain Canal or right there? 
Yes and no. As as I said, there's two there's two differing accounts to this that I that I've read about, and you can take your pick on them. Uh, either they uh, when they sent it into two separate ways, it was either because the boats were too big, like their larger boats were too big to be able to go through the Suez Canal. But I also heard that there's a chance that because the Russians shot at those British fucking fishermen up here, that they're like, no, you can suck my ass or military ships aren't allowed to use my canal. And so they disguised some of their smaller ships to not look like warships as they went through while the larger ones took the really, really long way. Now, here, as I said, is where the real fun stuff begins. As they begin coming down this way, they have consistent, they have consistent issues with getting places where they're allowed to refuel, finding the kind of fuel that they need. When the people stop in to go to port and you're in some very, very foreign area, what's the first thing that you go and buy besides pussy when you get to port? Beer. Alcohol and drugs of the local variety. Yeah. Well, I said besides oh, pussy. pussy. Yeah, pussy, <laughs> pussy's number one. Your sailors. The first thing you get off boat is yes. you go find some pussy. And then um, uh, they also bought a shitload of exotic animals, which, <laughs> which, yeah. which led to a lot of problems, including one snake who I like to call Captain Slither, and Captain Slither did, apparently did not let anyone near a helm for nearly a day while people were trying to shoo the snake away from the fucking, you know, the big old they fucking... They couldn't Yeah, basically almost a whole day, they were just kind of stuck dealing with this fucking snake. <laughs> then there's multiple things that have corroborated this. That's hilarious. Yeah, so, and also, you know, people are getting hurt by these animals people are getting uh yeah, yes people yeah. are getting sick people are suffering from um the fuck scurvy which hasn't really happened that often in a while because you know we're talking about the early 1900s we got most of this shit figured out when it comes yeah. to not getting really sick on boots and shit yeah. and so we're just fucking idiots for grabbing all the animals <laughs> oh it was, it was fucking wild it was crazy as shit man i thought it was really funny it's, How it's, long it's, it's taking them so far? by the way is this the Russians or is this the Japanese? This is Russians. This is the Russians. This is the Russians. Yes. Japanese yes. are over there. The Japanese are doing. They're way too busy winning right now. <laughs> they're way too busy they're winning. Up. Yes. They got that Charlie Sheen Tiger blood. It took them, and from October fifteenth, uh, them leaving, it will take them eight months to get oh yes God, to man. get over to here to try and reinforce people who are already clearly having a bad time. <laughs> so it takes eight months to go from. Yeah, to go all the way. Yep. You know, I thought it would here. take longer than that. <laughs> nope, that, that's that's what it takes, baby. And now, so we're at October. We're gonna we're gonna talk about first. It's the end of the year kind of report. What is what are people talking about? What's happening right now? At the end of 1904, there's lots of cases of rape on both sides, on especially on the Chinese population, which have no active part in this. Uh, there's a, there's also cause of a lot of um, Russian women being raped by Japanese, and I found evidence corroborating this that now the Japanese were very good at censoring things that were bad for their military. So hearing about something, nonetheless hearing that it's a problem, means it was a problem. And they had reports of how many soldiers were getting venereal diseases that were causing issues with them being able to participate in just basic activities, not even just being on the battlefield. So clearly it was a problem. Uh, this then led to the Russians becoming even more hatred, um, ha having more hatred towards not just the Japanese, but Asians in general, which led to a small little Russian peril that was kind of ha happening in that area. Not very good, not good shit at all. Very sad times. And now, the, f the second day of, our, of 19, uh, 1905 is when Mr. Uh, what the fuck is that goddamn guy's name again? I always forget it. 
Uh, Anatoly Stessel will officially uh, capitulate and he will surrender Port Arthur because he has been surrounded and he's just beat the fuck down. That's the and the Japanese, guy. yeah, and the Japanese are actually really surprised. So is by that this. why they have this land today? No, they don't have this land today. That's talking about China, baby. That's all China. Oh shit! Yeah, Japan just got that. They just got home islands. They ain't even got Taiwan no more. They had that for a little bit, but now no more. But either way. Um, Yes. So will this story tell us why China has it now? So you said Russia had it first. No, Japan China, took that no, shit. No, China, China had it, and then Japan took it, and then Russia, Russia took it. Russia moved in troops during the Boxer Rebellion, and then, and then decided to just not leave. Did Japan take it again, and then China right, got it back? Right, yes, we're getting to the part where they like are officially going to take it from them, and it will it will then fall under the sphere of influence of Japan until until 1945 when the atomic bombs go off, yada yada, etc., etc. As it is, baby. Uh, yes, Anastoli Cecil on the second, uh, he officially uh, surrenders. Uh, the Japanese are very surprised by this because they, like, they didn't think that Europeans like surrendered and stuff, kind of like how they are, how they're like really fucking wacky with their goddamn, uh, their they war kill yourself shit. before they yeah. surrender. Yeah, they're crazy as shit, bro. It's I not cut my head off. I go home, I kill myself. I kill myself. myself. I kill myself. And, yeah, and Cecil, uh, this is a little bit after the war. Cecil, when he goes back to Russia, believe it or not, is sentenced to death for this. But his later party, thankfully, because I think, I mean, he made the right call. He's been surrounded for months. His guy's got to be suffering, you know. So, yeah, I think he made the right call. That's just my personal opinion on this. All right, where are we at now? Uh, moving on to January the 25th, the Battle of Sendu, which is right around, I believe this was the... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, ar right around this area because they've right already advanced the pretty far. Yeah, we're a little above the dick right now. And uh, this is also... Indecisive, but the thing that made this different was it was the first time that the Russians actually made an advance on the Japanese, and it caught the Japanese off guard. They they didn't really retake After much Russia land. pulled out. Well, yeah, they've been they've been systematically falling back, but it's also been part of their game plan. Their game plan has been to systematically fall back and wait for reinforcements to come across the strange Siberian Railroad. Yeah, to be able to give them a hand here. All right. So have the boats made it there yet? No, we're not yet. That's that's when that's okay. that's near the the climax of our uh, our little show here. And now moving on to February of nineteen of nineteen oh five. From February twenty eighth, the battle uh, uh, to March tenth, the Battle of Mukden, which is right up here, right in this area near what is now modern Tongalo, and it was used specifically to be able to cut off the Trans-Siberian Railroad so there was no way that they could be able to get more people past this mark. Like, this is where they were fucking drawing the line. And it wound up working out really, really well for them. And another thing that made this battle so interesting, it took place over about a 50-mile corridor, so not that big, and it had uh, about 500,000 people concentrated fighting yeah, in that yeah. area. The largest land battle at that current point in time. How many? How many? 500,000. Jesus. In one fifty-mile area, yes. So from here to Cambridge or F east, five hundred thousand, five hundred thousand motherfuckers people just trying to kill just each other. Chilling. Yep. Not and counting the people that live. You build and that railroad, I will kill you. You lay one more piece of steel, you will die. Imagine that. And now, 
This is a lot of people. A, a, a cannon getting pulled across the road. Yeah. Right now. Great. Like, yeah. Fuck yeah. up some Japanese. <laughs> and now the, this this works. The the Japanese completely cut off the Trans-Siberian Railroad. All of fucking Manchuria is essentially back under Japanese control. Like it is like decisively theirs at this point. And also in this battle, one thing that I found very interesting about it was that you saw a few things here. You got to see trenches, you got to see machine guns, you got to see barbed wire, and you got to see heavy artillery, as well as large concentration of troops. Anyone knows there's a little something that that sounds very familiar towards. Ooh. And it, Exactly. And it shows that this is the prelude to what war will become in, in the beginning of the 20th century. The whole world shook as fuck. Fucking Russia's morale plummets to the absolute ground. They wind up having what is known uh, as... Actually, no, I, I missed this one. Before February, uh, and back in... Uh, blah, 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 blah. Back in fucking January, there was what was known as Bloody Sunday, which was a bunch of peasants went to the czar, and, like, it was, like, real peaceful, and they're like, bro, like, we, you know, we're, like, we're super starving, bro, like, you know, we need some help over here. So they fucking shot at the protesters, of course, as they do, which led to the first Russian Revolution breaking out on the um, 22nd of January of that year. So needless to say, Russia is not having a good year right now. 1905 is not going Russia's way whatsoever. So Russia is starting to want to get out of this. But now we're on to the big, the big finale of our actual war here. Our, our, yes, damn right I did. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's got tobacco. There's a little tobacco in there. Yeah, yeah something like that. Be careful. So now we're getting on to um, uh, the battle that really is the battle that is quintessential to this war, the one that everybody remembers, which is the Battle of the Tsushima Strait. Tsushima Strait. Yes. Okay. By the way, when did when did the ship split off again? Around the, from Spain to Portugal. I'm gonna say yeah, probably around probably around November or so. So they left right in the cold so ass time, the, man. And the war ended in September of '05, right? Yes, that, yes, it ends so in like September the fifth. Ten months, right? Yeah, so from where he left off. But they had a bunch of bullshit <laughs> happen to him. So if it took, if you ever straight eight months, it took like months. six months away. Okay. Yeah, it takes it takes a while. So how long would it take a ship nowadays to get? You know how much shit is happening from? I mean, from where that where they started till if it took that way. It'll take a few months. Like if you take yeah. that, because they got some badass GPS shit like, nowadays. Yeah, England to Argentina took what, like two months? Give or take. And I mean, that's is that like still now? Like that's eighties. So where's yeah, Argentina okay. at right yeah. now? Where's okay? So <laughs> they start up there and they come down. Are they taking the Cape around? Or are they going? Yes, they're going around through? the okay. Cape, around the Cape of Africa, past Madagascar. So I'm talking about they, Argentina. So are they going through the... Um, what about Ar Argentina? <laughs> irrelevant in this conversation. <laughs> he just wanted to know where Argentina was. <laughs> but no, they're working their way up here, and then they begin to arrive there in May of that year. And in May 27th to 28th, the Battle of the Tsushima Strait begins. And in the Battle of the Tsushima Strait, which is right here, right in between, there's a little island right here that's like between Korea and Japan, that's Tsushima, and they're trying to pass through the Korean side of it to go up there, and they're trying to be real sneaky sneaky, do it at nighttime. They're sneaky nighttime. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they try to be sneaky sneaky, but it don't work, Japanese fucking see them. <laughs> and then uh, the Japanese, um, who really, they really, they really like uh, their technology when it comes to Navy, shit like that, like, there's a lot of ways that they lack behind in technology, but there's certain ways that they're really trying to innovate and do their best. And they're one of the first natives that wire wireless telegraphs and they use wireless telegraphs to easily pinpoint where the Russians were at the in the Tsushima yeah. Strait so 
ships that were further away could begin to coordinate and begin the, the final battle here. The final battle wound up having the, the ships of the Japanese come in on, on the Russians. Hell yeah. Right up past the top of this tiny island here. And what they did is they came down in a way where the Russian fleet is moving up. And the Japanese fleet is coming down, and they're going to do this thing. What's called crossing the T. I'm sure Scott's probably heard that term before. Where you want to bring your ships, your broadside, the side of your boat, in front of the enemy boat, so that way you can bring all of your guns to bear, and they're only able to bring their front guns yeah. to bear on you. And they do this successfully, twice, and it winds up completely destroying the morale of the troops on uh, of the sailors and the Russian okay, navy. So they just and fucking they just sailed all the way over to, to get their shits to get their shit split the second they fucking arrived. Oh, the absolute <laughs> second they arrived, Japan they knew split. they were coming. They knew yeah, all the, the whole world knew. Coming, yeah. The whole world knew. It took them eight damn months to get there. Yeah. It's been it's been an international laugh. There's a laughing been stock. A trail of drugs and whores. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just all, all, yeah, exactly. And and one dude with the hiv on a boat about right. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lion in the water, too, back there. I guess they had to push that one off the side of the boat, you know. Like, sure, lion ate our cat last week. <laughs> and now, um, Admiral Togo, his ship is actually hit 30 times in this, in Mikasa. And it still winds up sailing back to shore just fine. Everything's good to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, by the time it hit nighttime, it was just consistent torpedo attacks against the Russian boats to the point that Russian boats were just running into each other. Huh. They were just, it was a, it was a route, a naval route, which is one of the rarest kind of outcomes for a military battle at all, is when a navy just completely scatters in all directions. Even when navies typically leave, they typically will do it in an orderly fashion. The Italians did it in World War II. Yeah, but they also only were in the Mediterranean Sea, not the big old fucking ocean. <laughs> At least there was a shoreline in every direction. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was pretty awful. By the end of the day, the Japanese had lost 117 people and had three of their small boats sunk. Russia, on the other hand, yeah, had yeah. lost over 5,000 people, God, had damn. 21 ships on them, including, no including uh, six of their battleships. The other four of their battleships were captured, uh, and seven yeah. of their small ships were also captured. God, damn. God, damn. So four of their own battleships, instead of getting sunk, they're now fighting against them. So the big boys. Yes. They They weren't were like necessarily World War II-style battleships. They were what we now would call pre-Dreadnought and Dreadnought yeah. class, which was like the first... Battle shit, like it's got it's Great got the big for it's got the big guns on it and yeah. shit. Man, you can fucking aim in directions and shoot the big shells. It's fucking wonderful. Hell now yeah. we're getting ready to come to the end of our story. Hell yeah! Both the Japanese and the Russians are looking for an outsider to come in and you know deviate the process and get them towards the point where they are going to stop fighting. It's going to be an end to the war. And both of them choose the United States of America because us just acquiring the Philippines not too long ago, we have a presence in the area. We're pretty neutral in both of them, you know what I mean? Like, we have a decent standing with both these countries, bar some issues with Japan, but like, we're. So, we're, is this the start of World War One? No, no, no. World War One will be 10 years after the story okay. is done. Um, so, they get in touch with uh, our boy, everyone's favorite president. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt then uh, forms up the uh, the blah, 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 the Treaty of Portsmouth, which is signed in New Hampshire by both the both of the parties that are involved, and is signed on September the fifth, which is the official end of the war. Teddy Roosevelt is awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for this, and in this uh, he gives a speech shortly after the fact where he declares that Japan is a great power, which is something that a lot of people didn't think would happen. Like you know, like. 
something, a country saying something like that, that fucking means something at the time. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, it's changing the, the global well, They're kind of like new kids on the block, too. Bam, exactly. Damn, damn the man. Exactly, exactly. Oh, you mean so, Russia? Oh, boo-hoo. So <laughs> the, the, the uh, parts of the treaty were that Japan would get pure influence in Korea, Manchuria, and it would be recognized by uh, Russia, which by default kind of means that most of Europe's going to kind of have to deal with it because... They're a little too far away to be able yeah. to fucking do anything about it. So yeah, they got that going for them. Uh, the trade, uh, the trade port of Port Arthur, as or uh, the military port of Port Arthur, is ceded to the Japanese, as well as half of this island right here, which this island was then retaken back by um, the Soviets in World War II in 1945. And a little fun fact about this island: Did you know that technically Russia and Japan have never signed a formal peace treaty at the end of World War II, and it has all been because of issues they have over this fucking island. They are still technically at war since 1945. Damn. Go fucking figure, wouldn't you know? Why <laughs> this island? What's so, so special it's, it's, about this it's, island? It's long story. I Google, okay. Google it. Yeah, it's, it's easy peasy. Um, but all that happens, and but Russia refuses to pay any war indemnities because fuck the yellow man, and that's, that's just how that goes, which actually wound up leading to a lot of riots breaking out in Japan because technically speaking... Japan didn't gain any new land from this war. They all already kind of considered this whole area theirs to fucking begin with. They just kind of made sure it's theirs. And they didn't get anything out of the fucking deal. So a lot of Japanese people were real pissed off about it. They saw a riot. I think like 56 people died. Some shit like that. Crazy, crazy. Now, we got to the end here. Why should you give a fuck? <laughs> and the answer is, because if you look at history, this is a clear prelude, as I said, to how things were going to change and how war was going to be fought in the West. And generally and everywhere as times were going on. This was the first time that a Western power had been defeated by an Asian one, and extremely decisively. Russia was absolutely humiliated. People wound up blaming the Tsar, which just fueled the fires that wound up leading to the revolutions that would come later during World War I in 1917. So, basically, the founding of... Or, the fall of the Russian Tsar, even though it did technically even begin before this, this was a big nail in the coffin for the Tsardom in general. Uh, Japan's dick is really hard right now. Um, they, they think that they can fuck anything up, and they finna try. They finna try real hard and pretty fucking soon. They're, they're, yeah, they're, 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 there's actually um, things that I was reading earlier that some of the uh, training that they, the Japanese soldiers would go through during this war would be ideological training to break clan devotion and give devotion to the government or the emperor. So to think that even during 1904 and 1905, they're still trying to separate the samurai from the, the culture of Japan. Like, just to think how long-standing the samurai were when it came to Japan. Yeah. It's very fucking interesting. Um, Japan seems powerful. They're, they've shown their fucking might. China has lost pretty much all of its call in the area. No one really gives a shit about them anymore except for Germany. Like, they're just kind of... People just kind of just want to start taking piece by piece out of them until they start winding up having... They're too big. They're too big. Yeah, too big. well, they also wind up having, a, you know, a couple of civil wars with trying to lead to the formation of their own governments. <clears throat> Japan is poised to rise and Russia is poised to fall. And with that, I conclude my... On the Russo-Japanese War. Hell yeah! So what does Japan Thank go after next? Boss. Before World War One. Uh, before World War One, they. China and stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, they're still, still just, going after China. They solidify their power up here, and they create the state which is known as Manchukuo, 
which is uh, their uh, Manchurian state that they had up until the end of World War II. Okay. Very nice, bodies. I like you need to do like a World War One story. Uh, no, too we, long. World War One's boring. That's not true. Uh, I love <laughs> about World War Two, but I would love to hear because I don't know shit about World War One at all. It's fun. It's boring. They hide in holes and throw bombs at each other for they a month. That, they do that in and Europe And then one for force like says, years. you know what? I bet I we can like, make some I of these like bombs this. poisonous. And they throw poisonous bombs. <laughs> <laughs> they take that city. The other force is like, fuck you, we got poisonous start. bombs too. And they throw poisonous bombs in there. Uh-huh. And then a gun the size of this house. So who started that. World War One? It was the... Serbian, Austria, Hungary. It was a, a bunch of, it was it was a, a bunch of politics and different yeah. dictators. Archduke Franz Ferdinand was shot by a guerrilla princip in the streets of Sarajevo in yeah, some August dictators. of fucking 1914. No, no, the war broke out in August, so he was shot earlier than that. And that's what sparked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that that was the linchpin that wound up leading to all these other countries that didn't like each other to be like, oh, now's our chance. <laughs> we can fuck up this dude that we don't like. And the biggest loser got punished the most, which was Germany. They were like the biggest and that's why Germany came back and said, Fuck They were like the y'all. biggest one to lose stuff. Like, they did lose a lot of And then they got a lot stronger. A little bit. A little bit. For a little they bit. got a real, real smart mind. Like it wasn't a thousand years or nothing, but it was a couple. couple. He might hate on Hitler, but that man, that man was a smart man. He's smart. <laughs> you can say Hitler was smart. He was, he was goddamn smart, Time, he ma- was time smart Magazine's man of the he, year. He was a crazy motherfucker. Crazy he does some fucked up shit. He's smart, man. He was, he was on crack, right? He was, he was, I told the narrative that he was bad, and what was the I don't that like you him. Had on, uh, um, oh, Charlie Chaplin. Oh, that's right. Fuck. Yeah. Because yeah, it's silent film. I forgot. Hey, great actor. No, he was in talkies. A little bit. He was mostly. Yeah, in, uh, didn't you say Hitler though. was a um a letter a guy that would transport letters and shit in World War One? Yes. Yeah, he was he a was, bike yeah. guy, just riding around. On bikes no, no he run he run around through fucking where the front was. Oh shit! I thought he was, okay. a, thought he was a mortar man. No, he was a message carrier. Didn't he get yeah. blown up in a mortar? He got hit with a uh, with a gas shell in 1917, and then woke up and the war was over. I swore he got Damn. hit. I thought I swore his own mortar blew up, but I guess I'm thinking of somebody else. <coughs> no, who am I thinking? Not sure. It's pretty badass. He was on the front lines, running letters back and forth. Well, yeah, I, and and it, and even in uh, Mein Kampf, he refers to it as the best years of his life. That's Doing that. Is. Yep. Yep. They say he loves it. Probably fun, just fucking running your ass off. I don't know about fun. Yeah, fun's the wrong word. Back in that day, you probably thought it was fun. Yeah, now, now we know how Japan got big and, and why they got a big dick enough to attack Pearl Harbor in yeah, like four years. Yeah, sneaky like. And then it's we, still uh, sneaky. And then we fucking you know show them who's boss. We just so stupid. Atomic bomb, bitch, die. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Did we drop two of them? Yeah, here's yeah. your Nagasaki. Fuck that shit up. That man, a little boy. And I kept it under an hour, too. You did, dude. I fucked it. I think we did, like, probably, like, ten, eight, nine, ten minutes before, actually. Is yeah, it Joseph Stalin? Right. So, what about did Joseph? Stalin blow himself up in a mortar? I don't know. I know I know that Stalin... I'm not sure what he did during the First World War, but I know that he was primarily a bank robber for a while. Mm-hmm. Was he really? Mm-hmm. So, are those places where they dropped the bombs, are they still... Can you still live there right yeah, now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, here's Shima Nagasaki, Miss Cities again. Both with their own historical significance beyond uh, just them being bombed. Yeah. Nagasaki's one of the most interesting places in, in the world, in my opinion. 
My car was built in Nagasaki. Oh. Not okay. the one I have now, my yeah. Mazda 3. So That's how crazy. long after they dropped them was it habitable? It took a while. Because that was back in the 90s. I can't, believe it's, hab- war, I can't right? believe it's habitable like today. I wouldn't want to Well, in my there. personal opinion, you know how they say like atomic shit is going to last for like 13,000 years? Yeah. Motherfucker, how do you know that? You know what I mean? Like, how? Yeah. prove that to science. me. Like, how can you... you go whatever, man. Fucking according to science right now, a man can wear a dress and he's a woman. Get the fuck out of here. Not, it's not biology. Unless it's one of these crack-ass biology. But either way, I just... It's one of... Because, like, look at Pripyat. Like, you know, there's lots of places in Pripyat you can go to, and that was, like, the worst fucking one on record, besides Fukushima. Uh, like, the that second was the title one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was pretty bad. Well, what's that the place? That was real bad. What's the place we bombed? One Mile Island? We didn't bomb. I thought it got... There was Wait, some I island. Was, I took that right after World War II. That was yeah. in Pennsylvania. Uh, that was Bikini Atoll. Three Mile Island three or something? Mile. Okay, three Mile Island? Island was where we had our small meltdown in okay. New York. Okay. Bikini Atoll was where we dropped a lot yeah. of atomic bombs to yeah. south of Japan Practice. and wound up making Is there anything worth really living... Oh, that's where Godzilla comes from. Yeah, yeah, Bam! Yeah. You got it. I still haven't seen that movie. They Where's just kept lighter? on dropping them there. Just Twenty no good sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. Snowball mm-hmm. lighter. Yeah, that's where the first um, purified hydrogen bomb was dropped. Smart. So where is that? Is it south of Japan? South of Japan. Who, whose oh, land is that? Uh, international. <laughs> Oh, so it doesn't really yeah. matter. Yeah, I mean, you like you, you could kind of basically say the island belongs to America because we like ceded a oh, lot of islands oh, from Japan, including now. Like you know, like we like we have more influence over Okinawa than the Japanese government does. Basically, like like yeah, like you know, there's still like cultural ties and shit like that to the main islands. So even though culturally Okinawa is very different, but of course you know Asian culture being a lot closer to an yeah. Asian culture than to a Western culture, such as the United States. So, but yeah, we we have a large presence there. Like, in you know, we we have a lot of sway in that area. We Guam, fucking Philippines, all that shit. Philippines is kind of separating from us, but you know, they've been basically a protectorate state of ours since we took them from the Spanish. Philippines. Uh-huh. Tell me about the Philippines. Isn't history fun? Mm-hmm. This is kind of fascinating. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of uh, Russia, Ukraine. Now. Thank you again for the for the platform, Fat. No I problem, had a lot of fun, dude. and I thank you three gentlemen for coming out here as oh, well. No problem. To, uh, it's like to a perfect night weather-wise. It's a nice. night for a man. It's a perfect night. Learn some new. Get with the boys for a bit. Yeah, I mean, then I tried to make it entertaining. I got yeah, a few yeah. troubles here and there. This That's is what so I was trying fascinating, to do. dude. It's so like, I don't know how to explain it. It's so weird that like. Things happened back in the day. Like, I just think so much about the present day that I just don't think about the fact that there are 2,000 years in the past where things similar. A lot of crazy, like crazy shit happened, shit happened just yeah. also happened. They were crazy back then. They don't give a fuck about social media. And and yeah, it didn't require boom, technology. Boom, boom, and then, kill. And, and the stuff I land. like about like the early 20th century wars is that we got to the point where there's not like grandiose like uses for like like they would always say like an ancient armies there'd be a hundred thousand people but no it was probably more like thirteen thousand let's be fucking honest here like we actually have realistic numbers to go off of we have people whose literal jobs were to go there and to write down everything they fucking saw and stuff so we have reports and stuff like that sometimes the, the the most of the time actually a battle, you can hear from it from both sides and then be able to, you know, deduce your own opinion from it from there, which yeah. I, I think that's great. I'm trying to think of what I need to ask you. And I was, I was reading a little bit about this before we, I came over here. Uh, 
And I, I want I just want to know if you could sum it up in like one sentence or two. So I'm looking at the the casualties. Okay. Um, Russian casualties. Yeah, Russian Empire's casualties. It says um, nine thousand or nine thousand three hundred to about eighteen thousand eight hundred. Dying of disease. Mm. Oh, okay. J- Japanese, twenty one thousand eight hundred to twenty seven thousand two hundred dying of disease. What what happened there? What's the disparity? Like, like oh, well, why, no, why like, did like why were more Japanese people dying of disease? Were the Russians well, using was, biological warfare? Like, like no, this was before the, the, the advent yeah. of biological warfare. Not the really, that right? Like, I mean, in like, the modern sense, I mean, like when it comes to like I guess yeah, but like, like, we, we they really, know they're bringing diseases. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there was all, you know, the spreads of oh, material. Yeah, I guess it would be like kind of like a smallpox type of thing where yeah, they're going yeah. to all these harbors. Yeah, it, and... exactly. Like, you know, and that people, a lot of people get really sick in this situation. Uh, and we're industrial I, people. I would, we have diseases, soot, ash, shit, and we, all And we us. also have got scurvy, um, further like, medical technology. Too, that, you know, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, the Russians. Time. Like, like, medicine is more refined in the West than it was in the East at this current time. Oh, they're still Even in Japan? Yeah, because it was still like, this is just right after the Meiji Restoration. Like, they just mm. went through their fucking ridiculously rapid development period to Indeed. get to, yeah, to be able to catch They just up. beat the samurai. Like, they're not... Right. Yeah, yeah they're exactly. Still, they're still fighting the samurai, like, internally. They're trying to catch their bearings. There are some officers oh. that fought in the Russo-Japanese War that there's a chance that when they were younger they might have still been wearing samurai armor. Like, that's, that's like, how yeah. fucking crazy... Another command in a ship with, like, a three-inch gun. Exactly. Like, exactly. That's crazy. Giant-ass Bolt-action rifles everywhere and yeah. shit. So, is Samurai still around today? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah. They got their own division, dog. There, there's there's they still... They still have, like, little... There's still clans yeah. that, you know, they... That's what I'm saying. Track I know it's not, like, big. Yeah, they keep track of I'm their... I'm sure there's some Yeah, there's still, like, ass. you go out in the yeah, fucking... Yeah. Yeah. You go up in the mountain somewhere or something, you got little... No, they're mostly in the cities. What is the the ratio? One out of two hundred people can rate uh, trace their race back to Genghis Khan. I think it's like uh, I'm pretty it's sure like it's six, one out of two hundred. Six percent of the world's population, or something like that, can That's tie cool. itself back to yeah. Genghis Khan. That's, That's crazy. Ridiculous. That's so fucking crazy. I'm talking about the first thing you go go when you reach port is pussy. Half the world's related to Genghis <laughs> Khan. <Yeah. laughs> Like, can you imagine back then, the number was probably so much bigger. Right, right. <laughs> Instead of 6%, it was 60%. But it was also because he was wiping out a lot of the population yeah. as he was reproducing it with his own. You kill the all time. the guys, but some of the women be high. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even Genghis Khan is quoted as saying, nothing makes me happier than having sex with a man's, uh, my enemy's wife while he's forced to watch. Oh, my Jesus. God. Oh, my God. Oh, damn. That's some Fifty Shades of Con right there. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Con. Fifty Shades of Cuck, man. God, dude. And then he's going to kill you afterwards. So more this is likely. the best part of your day so far. All right. More than likely. <laughs> God damn. We were vicious. Everybody was vicious back then. People, I don't, people no, are vicious now, dog. That's why everyone like forgets. Then, man, like. All you hear about is trainees nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you it's hear about we're now. Fucking stuck in the West right now. So America's fucked. That's why we gotta go. That's why we need to hurry up and take over Madagascar. Found out our heaven. I'm sorry to say, but we hear the fat cast do not condone taking over Madagascar. To found <laughs> a fictional country know, from Big Boss from Metal Gear Solid. Dude, I love your strategic placement, but on like my bitchy scale, I'm gonna have to rate it very poor because <laughs> it's hot. It's Africa, and we fair-skinned. Yeah, yeah you're right, though. We're going to be like one of them big hats. Like, we're going to have to be one of them big hat dictators that we go burn up. That's fine. Right. I, I've always said one of my favorite we'll parts like about different civilizations are their hats. 
Hats are so nice. They say a lot about Cubans. Cubans still got the hats going. Cubans the most good successful hats. dictator Cubans of our generation. Cool the Cubans. Okay. Like gets, uh, fucking, uh, Do you know that fucking yeah. Fidel Castro built a gigantic air-conditioned warehouse so he could bring in cows called um, Holsteins, which are the white and black moo-moo cows that we know, which are not set for that temperature at all, just so he could get milk like from there so he could get more ice cream? <laughs> What? what? He was obsessed with ice cream. That's crazy. He tried. He tried uh, oh mating God. zebus and which is like cows that you see from places like India and stuff like that, like ones that are more suited for like the the warmer uh-huh. climates. And he tried mating them with the Holsteins. There's only one of them that ever got the mixture that that came out perfect in his eyes. There's even a statue of it made in Cuba, and it's called Uve Blanca, White Udder. Wow. His what? favorite how, cow, right? How many cows do you think he had? Dude. Like, I'm not sure. That'd be a Google question, but I know yeah. that he, uh, it was like a big thing for him. Like, there's there's reports That's from multiple so people that talk about that he would eat like 14, 15 scoops of ice cream a day. God, oh, damn. my God. Yeah, yeah, like Fidel Castro motherfucking loved ice cream. Yeah, but can you imagine what? if you never had so ice cream? cream. Can you imagine if you never cream. had ice what? cream? Just new types of ice cream. And then as an adult, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. introduced uh-huh. to ice cream. You're like, holy shit, dude. I'm not going to go ship cows from other countries in my backyard. If you're a billionaire, well, you're the you're dictator. Not, you can do what you want. That's wise and dictator. He's fucking psycho, <laughs> bro. He's supposed to kill a bunch of cows. Hey, dude. man, all I'm saying is I would have, I'll take, even though I'm not a communist anymore, I will take Castro over Batista any day of the week. I feel like Batista would have turned that place into a whorehouse for rich Americans. It would essentially have been Epstein. Island times 50. So I'll, I'll take what happened. Oh, we could do Epstein Island. Oh, you should do that one. You should do Epstein oh, Island. That would be a good one. It'd be a lot more research I'd have to do. And it's not like, even though, you know, obviously. It, it, will, it will all be flagged. Every one of yeah. us just got flagged for yeah. saying that on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have knocks on our door at 7 a.m. Castro really was out here Cubans and eating ice cream. Right? Yeah, dude, he was yeah. all about it. The, uh, the CIA at one point tried to uh, give him exploding uh, cigars. And, uh, it Are did, you did, Yeah, it didn't yeah, kill him. Yeah, it just blew up in his face yeah. and just... No, oh, no, we had the fat to. cast. Uh, we would like to say that Hillary Clinton is absolutely innocent, dude, and nothing wrong whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> we were very pro-Israel. Uh, yes, we love like, Israel. It is the it is literally like the home of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Happy Pride Month, Happy Juneteenth, all that good stuff. Yeah, hell yeah. We are Juneteenth. It's the week. It's the week. Yeah, it was yesterday. It's nineteenth. Happy birthday, though. Happy birthday, Dell. <laughs> Put that shit on the fucking yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, Dell. The day Happy after his birthday, Dell was born on Juneteenth. I walked into work and said, "Happy Juneteenth, Dell." <laughs> right after his birthday. So I guess so why we just have to upload the two parts too. of it to make. Yeah, it it'll just be one long, and then there'll be no, there'll be seamless. One oh, will it? With the other one. Fuck yeah, dude! It's right, gonna cool. be a long part. That's how the last one did. You I was just gonna send right it. Yeah, 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 that was yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 because I recorded three over that whole weekend, actually. Oh, nice. So, yeah. uh, I did one with you guys and two with two of my other friends. You got content. And uh, so I just said, fuck it, I'll put them all up. And I'll, I'm going to post on social media, like, a week at a time. And, like, I'm on, like, Instagram and, like, Twitter. But in the meantime, they all are online. You can actually listen to them. I just have them, like, posted publicly that they're up. But they're online, yeah. Fresh, so fresh. You need to start posting them out. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. I know. I need to get them. I gotta market them better, man. That's the next thing I gotta work on. Man. Probably. I wish fucking what's his name would allow you to do like an hour or half hour. Nah, shit's too expensive. What's his name? Oh, it'd be better. It'd be better. Just Maurice. Yeah. No. It's Maurice or Tony. Yeah. Just, just something to get your name out there. Yeah. So, so people, because all these podcasts are just bullshit. This one, you just ramble. There's none that you just ramble. Yeah, oh, dude, there's podcasts for like anything. That's one thing I like about them. Yeah, there's dude. always there's none that are big though. Always, I mean, what's, yeah, the, what's the name of it? Fat cast. The fat the cast. cast. Yeah, yeah. simple enough. Oh yeah, I like it. I, I'm with it. The oh no, there's cast. that good one that uh, the kicker for um, the Colts. I forgot a Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee show. McAfee. That one's a good one. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that that's dude. about the only funny one that they ramble on and say dumb shit. He's probably the most hardcore kicker to ever yeah. play the game of football. He's a bad motherfucker. Shout out kickers, man. Shout, Shout out kickers, damn. man. Damn. They saved the game. <laughs> no, we're not, not talking about saving the game. Like, ah, kickers are funny, man. Kickers are awesome. Nowadays, they're, they're becoming good shit. Hmm. Integral part. So what, uh, whose idea was it to talk about this war? Mine. Because when we were doing the podcast last week, um, most of, up until like I think like the day before we didn't really know what we were going to do it on so I figured I would just take down some notes on I had a couple ideas in my head of topics that I, I know a fair amount about like I didn't have to do too much research you know what I mean to make sure that it was coherent and cohesive the whole way through and this was one of them and I just kind of like wrote down some notes and then we wound up just bullshitting and then I was like hey I actually kind of have fun writing down these notes do you mind if I Mind if I point at your wall for a little bit and ramble on like a fucking man? The rise of Germany. At what point? I don't know. I want to do like a like we should do like an in depth battle, a a turning. Instead of doing just one of the wars, you just. Uh, the only problem with doing that by a podcast would be trying to explain. Yeah, exactly. Which is why, like, I I have more knowledge on this topic than I put in my presentation. It's just that, like, I omitted a lot of names and stuff because I mostly wanted to make it where. You could just listen, and like there was a couple times where, yeah, of course, I was like, "Oh, it happened here," you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's just because we're free forming it. It's my first time doing it. Like we're just we're we're making it fucking happen. Yeah, but yeah. I tried to make it where I would at least like say the name of the place where the battle yeah. happened, so you could pop that bitch real that. quick. You yeah. know what I mean? So you could go ahead and you learn exactly where it's at, and you can see it from home if that's you know. Yeah. If for some you reason you're job. interested. I think that works out just fine. Yeah. Think I learned some information. Pretty damn cool, actually. That's pretty fucked up. So you think the uh, giant armada going through the whole world to get there, you think they were, like, <laughs> undisciplined, fucking... I mean, like, I'm sure... Un- I'm, unmotivated, disease-stricken, By the time starving. they got... I don't were they care like how... Were they I don't happy? how um, disciplined they were. I think by the time they were halfway there, that discipline and morale had gone out the fucking yeah. window. Why do you months. think they're buying exotic animals? Like yeah. they, they, need, yeah, they needed something to entertain themselves. Dude, and then Captain sucks. Slithers kept the fucking dude away from the helm all day. I would love to have seen that, man. Just that's Captain Slithers just sitting there. Yeah, like, imagine you got how, 10, 15 guys. Like, dude, imagine how bad it smells. You get them from the back. Oh, absolutely. You imagine the smell inside. Oh, Can you yeah. imagine all the things that they probably brought that are known to be able to keep in the temperatures better oh, in the right. Baltic? No, and then they get the fucking summer in Africa. You just salt everything. 
which dehydrates you. Right. I mean, you have to salt it because you don't have ice. And you, 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 need, no get, ice and you need to get water, which I'm sure in a, in a decent amount of places in Africa is a, a, a commodity, especially yeah. in the early yeah, 1900s. We're going to go to Africa to get our water. Yeah, <laughs> Boil that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Boil Great fucking plan. Right. Who thought of this one? I mean, I'm, the, I, I'm not exactly where they <laughs> where they stop Africa's to get water. water, but I'm assuming if you go around the entirety of the got Africa, nice you gotta stop somewhere. You know what I mean? How do you? Where do you go Africa's to get full gas? Of like, of just different, just different ports. Yeah, but, like there's a like it's there's a neutral for. port, and like you you're allowed to interact with neutral ports. So you just can't like. You can't, like, station your troops there for an extended period of time and stuff like that. Like, there's rules in which you're supposed to follow when it comes to A couple people using... come off, buy some animals. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah, you fucking, you pull up and you're like, bro, I need to fill up. You know what I mean? It's just like any old gas station, really. Yeah. And if they have, if they have the fuel for you, but like, oh, yeah, money from a foreign nation? Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, look at right for it. Hmm. Especially talking about a full tail of, like, battleships and shit like that. It's probably... That'd be cool shit. You just roll in, you're like, oh. Yeah, I'm sure it's interesting for both sides. You know what I mean? I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure both uh, Africans and Russians saw whole new cultures. So was Japanese money accepted through Europe? Yeah, sure. You could trade it. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Especially once it's. But you couldn't go to like a mom and pop store. No, you probably some Chinese a... money and be like, "Let me get these, these shoes." You. Made. I bet you, if you're in like Manchuria or something, you could. No, but I mean, if you're in France. You'd have to go oh, I mean, you right? probably have to go. Because I, mean, I think you money exchange had been around for like a hot minute by that point. I, I would think. I I'm mean, just saying, like that's something actually to look up. Is when did the first like you know what we consider modern money exchanging? Like if they stole like, a shitload of, if the Japanese stole like a shitload of Russian money, would that be like an incredible amount of money compared to? Oh, like, was at there, that was time, I'm not sure. I mean, like, I would think that their because their currency was like pretty fucking strong up until the '90s when they had yeah. that huge crash, which is. Like, if you ever look at, like, Japanese stuff now, like, getting, like, a hot dog is, like, 150 yen or something. I'm not exactly sure if that's the right number. But around that, and when you think, like, oh, shit, it's, like, that's 150 yen, but that's, like, 350. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, in Top Gear, they had this challenge where they went to the Philippines and they had to buy a car. And they each got a briefcase with a million dollars worth of that currency. And they're like, holy shit, it's a million dollars cash. And they're just opening it in a bar. And uh, they go to buy a car and, like, my Hyundai right there is going to be like uh, $70 million. Right, right, right. And it's like, what the fuck am I going to buy with a million dollars? It's kind of like... Um, like, what? Uh, even though it's sort of worked itself out, but not completely. I was in Zimbabwe, or Zimbabwe, it was like a few trillion dollars to get like a loaf of bread or something. <laughs> There's some countries where... It was, like, it was bad like that. Oh, yeah, it was wild, dude. <laughs> it's cheaper to burn money than to buy firewood. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you have a trillion dollars in ones... <clears throat> They don't even make ones by that point. No. They're like, their smallest bills would be, like, tens of billions of dollars. You know what I mean? Damn. Like, it was kind of like that with the German mark for a little while, too. Mm-hmm. People were, really? you know, there's a, the stereotypical pictures of people taking a wheelbarrow full of money to a place to get a loaf of bread. You know what yeah. I mean? Because that was before they started fully exchanging the currency for larger notes. Mm. We should do a podcast on... How uh, the Germans are misinterpreted in movies and video games and shit as being <laughs> these colossal dummies. Like in Fury, Brad Pitt. I love that movie, right? Great movie. The end, the special forces are coming up. An entire division against oh, a go, broke-ass tank. And they go right in front of it and shit. And that it. tank that he's driving, that's, <coughs> it's actually, actually got like sandbags built on it. It's got yeah. the longer barrel. Like, you might as well tell you, it's a, the Easy 8 cannon. Yeah. Yeah. It's a better cannon. 
At that time, it's probably the eighth best tank in the world. Tenth, eleventh. We'd probably put it higher than that. If, if you're gonna throw tank destroyers in there too. Oh, I mean, sure. Then, we're talking about, talking about we're the twentieth, thirtieth best tank. One broken, and it's against an SS division. It held them off for a while. Yeah, that's well, stupid. Well, it was a it was a Waffen SS division. That's different. The, Wa- the Waffen SS were but more. No, they probably like, died quick. Were, were, they, the, were they better equipped? No. Yeah, no. they were. I mean, the Waffen SS, the Waffen SS, and the and the regular they threw, ba- they threw bazookas at them guys. They're just shooting bazookas. Oh like, yeah, well, because fucking Panzerfaust was super cheap. And super was, cheap. So yeah. they got them. Yeah, yeah. Oh they, yeah, they did have those. Yeah, absolutely. They taught children how to shoot those. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you just fucking. Um, they were equipped. Uh, I just still think it's halfway through the battle, and then one sniper decides to shoot the guy sitting out of the top of the tank with a machine gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that sniper, he's a hell of a dude. <laughs> showed up ten minutes late to the battle. <laughs> Could have showed up early, sniping shit, crawling. Nope. Then it, uh, he said, "I'm gonna wait till about fifty of my boys get killed." When, um, they, <laughs> then I'm gonna aim at the guy. Because the main gauge, the Tiger Tank, I still stand by. There's um, no way in hell that Fury wouldn't have been the first tank hit. Yeah, that's like true. It, it just it would it's the it's like the scariest said, it looking the one. Yeah, like it, you're in gonna that, in that scene. The other ones all have the shorter barrel. Yeah, so like you're and gonna, that tank's probably fiftieth best in the world at that time. Right, and they, and they start taking out best tank. The shitty our Shermans. main tank, America's number you one. You calm tank. down. The Sherman is amazing. The Sherman is at what? What did the British every, call it? Everything. British it call the, themselves Tommies. You know what they call the Sherman? Tommy Cooker. Yeah, but it they also got a whole bunch the, of them from us. And they're like, really? It had the lowest um, like death ratio of like any of the tanks on the battle. That's because there was twenty of them fighting one German guy running away, shooting backwards, that's, motherfucker, that's, <laughs> no, no, with no, a P fifty one Mustang shooting machine guns no, the whole time. No, fuck no, you, you, fuck you. You calm down there, sir, because no, they, they got into tank not. engagements quite frequently, and even when they got knocked out, there was plenty of times where the whole crew would survive. The best part is when your tank gets blown up, you can get out of that some bitch. That is a really good part, dare I, know, I say. I know, but damn. If I'm going into the battle and they're like, hey, when your tank catches a fire, before the, all the bullets blow up and all the cannon shells blow up, you can get you got out of like, there. You got five ways to get out of this bitch. And it's great. And then you're then you're a human fighting a tank. <laughs> and say, for example, <laughs> say for example you're, you're hit and like your vehicle's knocked out, but bombs. your vehicle's not destroyed. Like you're still able to like operate the gun or you're still able to drive it. Whatever, whatever part is knocked out and another part works. You can just wait like ten hours, and your homies will be there with parts, and yeah. they'll they'll be fixing not if you're your German. tank. That's what that, that's what, that's, that's unique to we, the Americans. We, we made it to the end, gentlemen. We made it to the end. Fuck yeah! All right. Yeah, thank, I gotta go. Actually, you're good. Thank you, everybody. Fat